You guys are going to love this episode with Hannah coming from commercial real estate all the way to managing a multi-million dollar marketing budget for California closets to becoming a marketing guru in her own right, scaling and leading three businesses as a seven-figure earner who's got an incredibly interesting and inspirational story you guys are going to learn about today. But also, what I love is what Hannah gets into. She speaks to the sensory experience when it comes to marketing. It's not something I've really heard a lot of other podcast guests haven't heard anybody talk about this before on, on my episode. So I'm really excited to share this with you guys today. I love the way she terms it. And I challenge you to think about in your business, are you catering to the senses that Hannah talks about today? And is there an opportunity for you to create a more enhanced sensory experience for your clients and potential clients from your website to your copy to what you're doing as you're showing up on social and any live events that you're hosting. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hey friend, Melissa Hinault here with the Burnout to All Out podcast. I'm a former multiple six-figure executive corporate burnout, feeling stuck in the life I built for myself. But using my corporate skills, I took to the internet and have built multiple six and seven figure businesses, showing others how they can build a life they love. Now on this podcast, I share stories of being an entrepreneur, a mom to my three amazing kids and wife to my wonderful and supportive husband who supports all my wild and crazy dreams. My journey is taking grit and persistence and belief and believe me, I'm still a work in progress that you may witness in real time, whether it's in our free burnout to all out Facebook community or inside my mastermind or even in my coaching programs, or maybe just right here on the podcast. I'm laughing and I'm crying with you. I've become a serial entrepreneur with a passion to inspire more burnouts to take the leap of faith and go all out and live out their dreams. Consider me your mentor in your head and on the go. So let's get started. Guys, I'm so excited. Got Hannah Nieves here today on the Burnout to All Out podcast. So excited to have you here today, Hannah. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. My gosh, it's going to be so much fun. I feel like you're a sister from another mother with parts of your story. We're going to have so much fun with this. So you guys, Hannah and I actually happened to be in the same, not happened, it was very strategic. We invested in the same mastermind to be in the same room together to have an incredible experience of collaboration and connection this year. And I'm so excited to bring you and your genius to my community and your story. So before we get into it, I want to share with our listeners a little bit about your background. I'm just going to share with you guys that Hannah is a multidisciplinary entrepreneur, a creative visionary, and a voice of inspiration for many. She's a recognized expert in marketing, branding, and PR, and Hannah has been featured in Forbes, NASDAQ, InStyle, Business Insider, the list goes on and on. Um, she's got a bachelor's in business administration, and she really, I want you guys to hear, she began her career in the capital markets division of Cushman 
and Wakefield, one of the largest commercial real estate firms in the world. Okay. So she wasn't always this trailblazing entrepreneur. She was a trailblazer in commercial real estate first. And I'm going to be excited to kind of go back into that a little bit. But during that time, she worked to market and sell buildings, land, and air rights in Manhattan when she wasn't underwriting a $525 million real estate asset, she was marketing them. You've been a mover and a shaker since the beginning with lots of responsibility. I love this. And your background in marketing is just absolutely incredible. We could go on. I mean, she fast forward as her director of marketing and trade development for California Closets, managing a multi-million dollar marketing budget. Now where you are is the mm-hmm. founder of Hannah Nieves consulting, a full service consulting agency, but you're a multifaceted entrepreneur. Not only do you have the consulting agency, you've got the HN House. Am I mm-hmm. saying that right? Yeah. HN House, a network and business education platform for multi-passionate women and the Hudson Studio, which is so cool. It's actually a multifunctional creative studio, which I believe you were opening up when mm-hmm. I first met you. Yeah. The week ago. after, literally the week after. Yes. So cool. So many, many accomplishments and you have a long and winding journey to where you are today. That's given you the experience to be this powerful multidisciplinary entrepreneur that you are mentor to so many. And I am excited to dive into your story. I'm so happy to be here. Every time I hear it too, I think I downplay it in my mind. And I hear it, I'm like, wow, I did a lot of things. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And it sounds so sexy because it's like in Manhattan too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. so cool. Okay. So let's get into your journey. I was telling you before we started this recording, I remember a photo of you and like your own aha moment of like burnout that you experienced yourself and working for someone else and having to make that radical change. And I want to go back to before that, as the story leads up to your recognition, you need to do something different. You needed to bet on yourself. Share with us where you were in your career. What was going on at the pinnacle of your career before deciding that you wanted to about face and do things on your terms? Mm. So many things. And I first would love to kind of kick off in saying I loved my corporate experience so much. It it really taught me so many skills and experiences that I wouldn't have had if I didn't go through that. So I'm actually really grateful for going through that. Although on the flip side, had this really bad habit of just always going into burnout from past childhood trauma, all the things. Mm -hmm. So it's just these habits that I would do over and over and over. So go into burnout, go back, go into burnout, go back. Until it was, oh my goodness, summer of 2019, right before everything had kicked off with, you know, the big C. And I went into burnout, but this time it landed me in the hospital. So at that point, I was, everything on paper seemed so great, you know, just got married, you know, had the white BMW, just bought the house and everything on paper career-wise was incredible. You know, I did some incredible accomplishments in my career, which I love, there was just something there. And I was kind of exploring. I'm like, okay, what is this entrepreneurial world going to look like? And then I actually went to burnout. They thought I had um, kidney infection or kidney stones and went to the hospital. And then when I left, went on this journey of learning how to literally eat again. So I couldn't eat anything besides bone broth and water for three weeks. It was in, I mean, it was insane, but going from that was such a pivotal point in my career because it was like, okay, 
I really have to take note of this. I really have to work on this because I'm going to go in the cycle over and over and over. Mm. So after that experience, I was kind of exploring, I actually ended up taking a course um, from Tony Robbins and Dean Garziosi and Jenna Kutcher. And it just opened up my world into, oh, I could actually do this, right? So that was a kickoff point. But so many lessons learned along the way, but it was that burnout point that really was that pivotal change in the trajectory. Oh my gosh. I love this. Okay. So in that moment or in that, I guess what I'm curious about is kind of experiencing that burnout. Did you already know or have kind of a calling prior to leaving? Was it always in the back of your mind that maybe you wanted to start something of your own one day? Or was it more of something you thought of after burnout? So I always knew, I think long-term, that I would own a business in some capacity. I didn't know what it would look like. And at the time, you know, when I was going through the burnout phase, it was really something along the lines where I just really was craving this freedom, a freedom of choice, but also... I wanted to impact a lot of people, right? Like I knew my skill set was really good at the work that I did. I loved my job, but I wanted to help more people. So that actually didn't come until after the fact. And I was kind of opening up my horizons to the entrepreneurial world. And I said, you know what? Like I have this skill set. I know how to help people. I know I'm really good at what I do. Mm-hmm. So I started just helping people. And at first, like when I, I laugh about it now, but my Instagram account was a blog when I first started. So it was a blog. I was trying to figure out what the heck I was doing, but I was helping some of my friends out on the side, you know, with marketing and branding and I just let them know, Hey, if you need help, let me know. And that's where it started. It started from literally nothing. It started I from love nothing. that. Yes. It started with a vision and just starting mm-hmm. to take on people who are willing to to mm-hmm. allow you to work for, like, you know, exactly. projects for them. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's as simple as that sometimes, right. It's just like put one foot in front of the other, start offering a service and get moving mm-hmm. with it. And then you can kind yeah. of start building your credibility from there. Right. Exactly. And then, you know, once it started to kind of spiral from there, that's when I started to invest in myself with photography and, you know, social media and investing in group programs. I am a big advocate for group programs and masterminds. I've been investing in them since day one. There is nothing, I mean, you know, I mean, we're in the same group, but there is something so powerful about being in the vicinity of other people who are thinking bigger because that's huge because, you know, even back in the corporate days, there's a lot of people who are really close-minded, really close-minded into this is it. Like, this is the only thing I can do. And I just had really, really big goals and dreams of leaving a lasting legacy on my family. And I knew that had to come with me creating it. Mm, So good. Okay. So then you got to work creating it. I'm curious. I know you said you invested in communities and masterminds. I'm always curious, what gave you the faith and the courage to really take the leap? What did that look like? And was it difficult for you? And were there some self-doubt? Talk us through, or were you just like, I'm a badass and you always knew you were the badass? Talk to me about that pivot, that like pivotal Um, moment and like leap of faith. It's really interesting because I was just talking about this with my husband and I'm the type of person I jump and then I'll figure out the net at the bottom, you know? My husband is the opposite where he needs to build the net first and then come. That's my Um, husband. yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those situations, but I will say though, and this is something that, you know, I took from childhood. Also, I was, you know, adopted when I was 18. I had a really crazy childhood. So for me, literally, like quite literally, the only way to survive was to literally say, Hey, 
I'm going to figure it out. I always will find a plan. So I've always had that mindset that everything is figure outable, no matter what it is. And when I started my business, and it sounds so funny when I say it, but I had zero dollars to my name. I mean, zero dollars. But I already knew, I was like, oh, I'm going to build a seven-figure brand. I already know this. Like, it's fine. We're going to figure it out. And I had that mentality since day one. Mm. And I talk about it now, but when I first started my business, I put everything on a credit card, which, I mean, I'm not telling you to do that. But I put everything on a credit card and I just trusted it and I know I'm going to pay this back. And a year later, I paid it all back in cash. I had $30,000 of consumer debt accrued from investing in my business, paid it all off in cash the next year. But I just knew, I knew it. I love that. I actually put my first one-on-one coach on a credit card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I knew I could find the gear and like, make it happen. I love that. It's, Mm -hmm. I think it's good debt if you know where you're headed, right? Exactly. Investment. It's, I always say too, it's like, you are the safest investment at the end of the day. And that was just confirmation going through the motions because every investment I'd make it back or make it back double, you know? So every time then the investments would get bigger and bigger. Right. Totally. We were joking the other day about our investment. Um, another fellow mastermind member that we're in mastermind with, and she said her spouse was like, that was like a nice car that you just invested in. But that's the employee mindset, right? Mm-hmm. The entrepreneur is like, oh my God, I'm going to get that back tenfold with the expansion and the connections and the networking and the inspiration of the people I'm investing to be around. You know, like exactly. just a different mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, who needs the different. car? I'd rather spend that money with new friends. Right? I used to tell my husband all the time too, you know, I would much rather not, I mean, not to say deprive myself, but not have the flashy car right away. Or I remember like Mark Cuban, I think I saw this article that Mark Cuban was driving around like the same car until he reached like a certain milestone in his like business. And that stood out to me so much. And I carried that with myself. I said, no, I'm going to invest in myself. And I mean, it paid off over time. There's a lot of hard work there, but I'd much rather put those things into assets that are going to you know, give you revenue on the back end. So yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you've beautifully launched and successfully are running you know, a, a couple of multifaceted businesses. Can you talk to us a little bit about the birth of your consulting agency, I know you also have this educational platform for women and you've got the studio. Can you kind of walk us through like what came first was one kind of birth from the other? Like walk me through the order of how that all came to fruition. So everything started under my personal brand, which if you're listening to this and you're in the newer phases, I always say simplify as much as possible. I didn't start out with having three businesses from the start. It started with one. It started literally with one service, actually. Mm-hmm. So really, really simple. And this year, actually, it took about eight months prior to that. So we launched it in March. That's when we separated out the brands. So originally, the done-for-you services lived under me, right? Like I was the brand. The coaching lived under myself. So fast forward to now, I really actually it was about eight months prior when I was in the cap skills. And I said, you know what? this is becoming bigger than me at this point, right? My community, my network, which is now HN House, was so much bigger than myself. And I didn't want to be front and center anymore, right? Like I wanted the community to take the stage. So it just felt more fitting. So this March, we actually separated everything out for a specific reason because each individual company has a different goal. Mm -hmm. Uh, There might be a goal for one of them that I'm building to sell. There might be another goal of one of them that I am building it because I'm going to keep that and expand into other areas. So each company has a goal. 
But it took a few years before getting to that point and a lot of trial and error and a lot of hard work at the end of the day, like running the time management of running three businesses is a whole other conversation. Yes. Absolutely. I know. And when my team comes to me with another idea and another thing to offer, I'm like, no, like we do not have the energy for that. These these mm-hmm. businesses are enough. Okay. So I love how you've it evolved. Like what I'm hearing mm-hmm. you say, and I agree with you 100%. It's like, what is your flagship? What are you getting started with? You know, simplify, streamline this one thing, and then you can build from there. Because I truly agree. Yeah. If you get one thing running properly and all the right systems and process and people in place, Mm -hmm. then it's easier to be more effective with the next business. So good. Well, I would love to really dive into, you and I were talking beforehand and you guys, you definitely have to go check out Hannah on Instagram. Her brand is impeccable. And one of the things that you, a term you just used before we came on live was sensory sensory experience. And I was like, tell me more about that. And as she was describing it to me, I'm like, ah, I like feel that way when I follow you and and the content that you put out. And I can just see from like the branding, the experiences your clients get in your studio that as you described it to me, I'm like, I'm getting it now. So I would love for maybe for you to share with our audience how you lean into the sensory experience when it comes to your brand and why it's so important. So before I even knew of the term sensory experiences, I was doing it for a while, right? Like down to when we were buying and selling real estate and having like candles in the house, like the lighting was at the perfect, you know, spot. And, you know, it was a mood when he went into the house and the same principle can be in your business. So I'm constantly thinking about the experience itself. And a lot of people come to me thinking, okay, how do I elevate my brand? Or how do I elevate my personal brand even, right? And it comes down to the experience itself. So for me, I love activating the senses in one form or another. So down to, I mean, quite literally, like looking at each sense that you have and how does your brand impact that area, right? So for example, this could look like having custom welcome gifts with a custom scent, right? I love going to the Fountain Blue Hotel in Miami because I'm obsessed with the scent in their hotel. It's custom made for the hotel. So things like that down to the copy, the visuals of your brand, it creates an experience. It's what also helps create the following too. Because for me, I'm thinking about no matter if you're consuming our content virtually or you're flying in to meet us in person, you're going to get an experience that I have intentionally thought out. No matter if you're a solo entrepreneur or you have a massive team or you have a brick and mortar location, you can implement this into your brand, right? And that naturally helps elevate it, but also attracts that clientele that you're looking to attract. Mm, so good. So good. So can you speak maybe, especially since we've got audience, a lot of my audience comes from kind of the branding strategies <clears throat> on LinkedIn, right? I know we've got our academy members who are probably listening to this live because we pipe it in through their Facebook page. Can you drill down maybe a little bit more from a sensory standpoint on social? How can our audience really dial in the sensory experience when it comes to as mm-hmm. people come and land on their their profile page on LinkedIn, as the content's coming through the feed? What does that look like? And maybe you can talk about websites too, but yeah. can you kind of speak to that? So I'm going to give the example to you for LinkedIn or Instagram specifically, but when it comes to sensory experiences, number one, the visuals of your brand. Now, this doesn't mean that everything has to be very cookie cutter and so articulated and everything is perfect, but 
if I were to see your brand and not know that it's yours, I should know that it's yours at the end of the day. So whether it's the colors, the tone, the vibe, the feel, the aesthetic of the imagery itself, that's why I'm a big advocate for professional photography, especially if you're a service provider, consulting coach, agency owner, having professional imagery is powerful and it really is going to elevate your brand. And it doesn't mean that you need to dress in a pantsuit or anything along those lines to be taken as professional, but it has to be reflective of you. So that's number one. Then the verbal component, right? So what does your brand sound like? Is it cheeky? Is it a little bit more sophisticated and polished? Is it fun? Is it witty, right? Like what does your brand sound like? And this goes for your copy, and this goes for, for example, if you're going on, on a live like this, or if you're going on Instagram stories, what's the tone of your voice? How do you show up? You know, how do people feel when they interact with your brand? And then lastly, this is another tip too, if you're specifically on Instagram as well for like Instagram reels, right? Like you'll notice consistencies with the music that we select, the types of music we select, the types of Instagram reels that we do, because it's all in sync with everything else. And it's really well thought out, which again, you can do what works best for your brand. Will you find me dancing in front of my screen for Instagram reels? Probably not because it doesn't align with the brand look, right? And that's okay. Right. You have to find the kind of the look that you're trying to go for. And again, always tying back to the fact that like, how do you want your audience to feel when they are on your platform? So good. And this is what I talk about all the time over on LinkedIn when we talk about profiles. And you and I talked about this the other day, I think when you came in as a guest within our community, mm-hmm. because when people Google your name, unless you have a website, your LinkedIn profile is coming up. Yes. And so I constantly am asking our clients to think about when someone lands on your profile, which is literally your virtual storefront on the internet from an SEO standpoint outside of your website, how do they feel? So I love that you say that too. It's like when they walk into your profile, how are they feeling about everything? And I know for you, like, I don't even have to see your name. I know it's yours when I see the real, because just from the fonts mm-hmm. and the colors and the audio, like, I'm like, that's Hannah. And it's so awesome, right? It's just, yeah. you have a very signature style that's easily consistently seen. Mm-hmm. So good. What about websites? Can you speak to that? Yeah. So websites, similar situation too. And this is where, for example, if you leverage video on your website as well, I'm a big advocate also for getting brand video shoots. You know, we we actually did one a few years ago, which I need to update, but walking through like what your brand is, what you're about, what your impact is. um, I think that's an incredible way to also create the experience, you know, for your clients as well. And for example, if you do meet clients in person, so Creating that same experience in person, that's also a big one for me too. We just hosted a retreat for clients in person and everything down to the music that we were playing at the certain times of the day, the sounds, the scent that people smelled, you know, the temperature of the room. Like I literally thought of all of these very small details because I wanted people to walk away with that same experience. Like Mm -hmm. when they look at our brand, it's the same thing that they got when they saw me in person. With websites specifically, it should be consistent across everything. So for example, if you were to go to my Instagram or my LinkedIn profile, right? And you were to go to my website, you would still feel that same type of presence from the imagery and the words and the tone and the copy. So what I'm hearing you say is it's just consistency throughout. Wherever you go, you're a recognizable brand. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be complex. 
super simple, right? I think a lot of people get really tripped up with that. You know, you have to have these complex marketing strategies. You have to have these complex funnels that are built out. But at the end of the day, you have to solve a problem. You have to have a really great service and a really great client experience. And really thinking about the sensory experience of your brand is going to help with client retention at the end of the day, which what happens that increases your sales because your clients stay on longer. So instead of having to always focus on new leads all the time, it's like, Let's serve our clients in a really, really intentional way. Yes. So good. So good. Okay. This has all been so helpful. And I'm going to kind of pivot and ask you a completely different question because I just love this question. I love learning from all our guests on on this. So in your journey in entrepreneurship and all the things, have you ever had in reflection just a complete like wall-kicking moment that in reflection later, it was a blessing and you maybe didn't understand why it was happening to you at the moment, but in reflection, it was actually happening for you, but you just couldn't see it in the midst of it. Do you have Mm. a scenario that you can speak to on that? Oh, I feel like there's many. There's many. I think for me, personally speaking, I've been through so many evolutions of this brand over the last few years. I actually think about it now. I'm like, wow, I made a lot of pivots and a lot of changes, and but they still continue to happen. But for me, one that's distinct that's coming to mind last year where I was this pivotal point of, okay, we had this agent, actually no, more than a year ago. It was like a year and a half ago, almost two years. We were building the agency up and we were going there out of building the large agency. That was the goal. I just wanted the large agency. I wanted the clients and that was the focus. And, you know, our EDU platform was a little bit smaller and I was going that route. And I realized quickly that like that was, I, I didn't want it at all. I didn't want the massive team. I didn't want a billion clients. And I actually cut my roster in half, which was also really scary, right? It's really hard to say no to projects. I cut my roster in half and I completely switched our model around to be front-facing consulting with done-for-you add-ons. And it feels so good. But at the time, it was really stressful because having four full-time employees and then having you know a roster of clients and then having to really build up another side, it took time, it took precision, it took strategy. But at the time, I was like going through all of these like roadblocks. And that was a sign now where I'm like, okay, those roadblocks were there for a reason. Yeah. Um, but those roadblocks, I mean, would normally derail most people, whether it's from a mindset perspective. So when I think about it now, I mean, there's many, that's the biggest one that comes to mind because I remember it was just feeling really tough in the business at the time, with like a lot of resistance. And that was the piece. Yes. Oh my gosh. So good. I had a similar experience last year. Like the whole year I was Mm -hmm. something that I was going for was just so tough. And so many curveballs were being thrown at me. And in retrospect, it was the universe just being like, no, no, no. Until finally it was just like, no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So it's almost like at some point as the business owner, learning to listen to your gut, maybe a little bit more. Always, always. I think that's a big one too. You know, I'm also really intuitive and I'm a big feeler. I'll know within two seconds if something's for me or not, or if someone is a good fit or not. And I think it's one of those things too, like you said, like trusting your gut because usually it'll never serve you wrong. And usually it's putting up, you know, your guard for a specific reason of like why. And usually if you feel resistance, it's probably either A, you shouldn't be doing it or you're supposed to be doing something else that you're avoiding. 
Yeah. My gosh. Oh, so good. Well, Hannah, this has been amazing. Where can people find you? Where's the best place to get in touch with you? Yeah. So um, my website, hannahnevas.co. Um, if you want to learn more about our community where we host other events, HN House, all of our websites connect to one another. So you can hop between all of them as well. And our Instagram is HN House on Instagram as well. Awesome. And you guys can go nose around and see what the sensory experience is all about, yes. right? Yes. yes. Do you have anything going on right now? Anything that people can come check out? I mean, do you have any um, yeah. free training or workshops or anything <clears throat> going on? We have a free media quiz that you can take on our site as well. We also have a really great newsletter, which we are, we pump out blog posts. We have podcast episodes. We have tons of free content on there. If you're wanting something in person, we are hosting our first founders dinner at our studio in November. So if you're an entrepreneur, you're based in New York, you want to come to New York, we're hosting a dinner there November 19th. And we have a few more things on the horizon for 2023. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking this time today, Hannah. I loved listening to your story and getting a little further into it. You're such an inspiration. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Burnout to All Out podcast. For free resources, materials, or information on my coaching services, go ahead over to livethefreelife.co. That's livethefreelife.co. Or check out our Facebook community at Burnout to All Out. And make sure you follow Burnout to All Out on Spotify and subscribe to iTunes. And it would truly mean the world to me if you paused for just a second, gave me that five-star review of the show, and be sure to share this episode with any burnouts you think would be inspired to go all out after hearing this episode. 